Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. It's the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm your host. And with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. First up, he's obsessed with vampires. It's Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Hello. I don't know if obsessed is the right word, but, you know, you were just asking if I thought about them. And, yeah, sometimes I do. Don't you have, like, pajamas? Like, the vampire pajamas I told you were have? Ah, that was a secret. I thought so. What have have you actually been up to this week? Um, So this past weekend... I beat Monster Hunter, and by beat, I mean uh, beat the, like, main story stuff, because um, you can basically continue playing that game forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, they released a new monster, which I have yet to actually fight. I wanted to beat the game and then fight it. It's it's called the Devil Joe, or Devil Joe, I don't exactly know how to pronounce it. It's a, it's a big dino that has, like, a pickle tail, so everybody calls it the Pickle Monster, or Pickle Dino. Pickle boy. <laughs> to me, the pickle monster is just Cookie Monster's cousin who's really into pickles. <laughs> um, outside of that, pickle. It's good enough for me. <laughs> uh, outside of that, I played the heck out of the alpha yesterday um, and finished all of Nazmir. Yeah, you said you got to 114 or something? Yeah, and I, I finished up the non-story quests, which there actually weren't too many non-story quests, but I finished those up today and I'm like halfway through. So I'm 114 and a half from one zone. With double XP rested, but still. Also with us uh, this week, as she is every week, and indeed will be until the skies boil and the oceans turn into the sky, and it's all very confusing. Uh, Anne Stickney. Uh, Anne, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. No, mean you to don't do understand. That. I just. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm like doing a million things at once, and I do work from home, so I decided to do laundry today. Right. <laughs> So I pulled okay. all of all of my clothes in, and I put pulled all the sheets off my bed, put those in, and I just like I forgot that I did that. So I got a glimpse of my bed out of like the corner of my eye, and instead of the right color, which is like dark browns, rust colors, and things, it was this big white mattress, and it scared <laughs> me. 
because I didn't know what it was. Oh, Lord. and that's been my day today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. That's I mean, why I was we, laughing. We I'm didn't so break sorry. Anne. Anne just broke. It wasn't us necessarily. She just broke. Yeah, we didn't no, do anything. I, I, broke. I didn't go to her house and st- take all our bed clothes away secretly. Oh God! Like the mattress. Yeah, we're looking to prank me. Anne. Just change the color of her mattress. It'll freak her out. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, what have I been doing? Uh, I read Chronicle 3 yesterday. That was pretty good. There's a review up on the site about that. But we'll talk more about that later. Um, Been doing some alpha stuff. Been working on leveling my Nightborn. I came to the startling discovery that in order to get the zone achievement for Netherstorm, um, I had, like, avoided doing, like, choosing the Aldor or the Scryers. Because I just didn't care. Right? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't care. Well, it turns out that there's an entire section of the Netherstorm storyline that isn't unlocked until you choose one or the other. Yeah. Don't you have to follow Kedgar's servant? Yeah, you do. Yeah. They haven't haven't done anything to streamline that yet. No, they have not. (laughs) So bad. It's 11 years old, and you still have to wander around Shaft following that pink elemental thing. the, The worst part, the worst part is that. It's not like a voiceover or anything. Like there's no voiceover for it. It just it just has like it basically spams you with multiple walls of text. Like and that's what it does. Don't you have to also follow it too? Yes. Like if you get too far away, if like you, get you can't too just far start the quest in AFK. No, if you get too far away from it, then you will fail the quest. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't like target the thing. Uh, hilariously you bad. You can't target the stupid pink marshmallow thing and like hit follow to just like auto follow it. No, oh no. You can't do that either. No, you have to like actually follow it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's such a such a fun it, and and it's great too because yeah. Anyway, um so yeah, the cue that I wrote for tomorrow has him as the header image. Oh, it does. Okay, because yeah. I saw the title and I was thinking you were going. Oh no, go no, no! You need to, you need to, you need to actually like it, go look at the intro because I mentioned this. In the oh intro. yeah. Anyway, it, it, it wasn't in the intro when I looked. Oh, okay. Well, it is now. Anyway, okay. uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've done in World of Warcraft. That and Alpha, like messing what around on the Alpha. What level is your nightborn up to now? My nightborn. Yeah. Um, my seventy-eight. I think I'm seventy-seven or seventy-eight. I'm about ready to go do other content and I think I'm just going to hop right into Mist of Pandaria because I like that one yeah, more than I like the Cataclysm yeah. stuff I mean I could go do Vashir because I do like Vashir but that's about the only Cataclysm zone I have any like remote interest in leveling in you'd probably get to 90 or whatever the cap is through there what in Vashir yeah no <laughs> so I probably you get 10 levels yeah you probably get, get to 85 you you'd, you'd get because they changed the way the scaling works and they changed the way or they changed kind of how much XP the heirlooms actually like boost you yeah, by. Yeah, that's true. So I don't think that, I mean, in a typical zone in Burning Crusade which is, those zones are kind of a little bit bigger and more involved, but in a typical zone in Burning Crusade I'm getting like about four levels or so and that's rested okay. XP. With heirlooms. So um, I don't think that Vashir would take me all the way to 90. But I really kind of want to go to Pandaria anyway. Because it's pretty and I like it. <laughs> yeah, it has the farm and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I usually don't do this. Like I ask you guys what you've been doing and then I move on. But I'm going to talk about what I've been doing for once. Because I 
I've realized that why one of my biggest problems with Warlords was was how disappointed I was in Garrisons. And the reason that I was so disappointed in Garrisons is there is remarkably little customization aside from a couple of buildings you can pick. Like you can pick this building or that building essentially. You can and you really have to pick certain ones for the optimal progression path really. Uh, if you want to do certain things, you need to pick like the the barn versus something else, or if you want to have the mount, you have the stable. And this that's is why it. Alex was super obsessed with questing when we were there. By the way, yeah. and this is like this is all the the, the garrison does, and and then you, you get little outposts in some of the other places, and they don't do much of anything. Uh, but I got sucked back into Fallout Four. And I mean, this this was literally an accident. I just accidentally started it up again. And I remembered why I like Fallout 4 settlement system, because they let you build things, like actual buildings, any kind of building you want to build. Uh, there's various components you can build the buildings out of. I'm sitting there going, why, oh God, why couldn't World of Warcraft have had this? Because if it did, I mean, at this point, I don't think I'd ever leave. Like, imagine if you could go around to various places in World of Warcraft, and after you've dealt with their quests and saved them from everything, you would it would become a settlement, and you could build it however you wanted. And that that sort of the music box was the one feature of the garrison. I really, it, it was small, but it had that feeling of gave you go out gave and you do stuff. And, and then, then we left, and it stayed behind, yeah. and we forgot yep. that it existed ever yeah i i wrote a breakfast topic way back when i was like this is the one thing i want to keep around because i actually really like the idea of this and it yeah no i've said from the beginning Look, i'm I've not always... gonna complain too much because they did bring dog to dollar on and i'm very happy about that so yeah i i just i've always thought from day one and we should move on and actually talk about uh news but i've always thought from day one that they should have done a system where you can go and once you've cleared a, a dungeon or raid you can basically have an instance version of that dungeon and raid as like your own little playground. Oh, to like so cool. But anyway, to move on to top stories because that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, one of them that I actually forgot when I was writing the top stories thing, which is goes to show you how my week's been. Um, World of Warcraft Chronicle Volume Three is out as of yesterday, as we're recording this. Yes. Um, I got my copy on Kindle because I didn't want to wait for a book to show up. Uh, and you actually have the the paper book, right? Well. It's a hardcover book. I'm really mad too because FedEx bent it. How Ooh. do you bend a hardcover? And you can do it. But... FedEx, you suck. Mm. You put like heavy things on it. Yeah, yeah, and it bent it. So I'm like, hmm. I think if I jam it between two other really heavy books in my bookshelf, I can like straighten it back out because it's just like. Uh, I've had good luck with doing like the the book pile of heavy books mm. when it, when that happens because I do like, a have lot a lot of things. really heavy books so I mean I it's not like I couldn't piles. make this happen I would use book piles to squish tofu but yeah no I really like it I was I, I read the whole thing yesterday and really enjoyed it the only thing that I kind of wish that was in there that is not in there is there's no Alex Horley art there's a lot of Peter yeah. Lee and other artists in there, though. And, I mean, the illustrations are absolutely lovely, as always. It, it was just weird seeing a volume of Chronicle without any Horley in it at all. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, he's been kind of a stinker. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, but there, canonically, Chronicle 3 establishes what factions killed old raids. Mm -hmm. Here's yeah. how you guys feel about that. Because some people were like, somebody not asked super me about happy. this like in the queue, and and I, I answered that, that for tomorrow's. Yeah, I answered that for tomorrow's queue. Um, but why are people not okay? Explain to me why people are not happy. Like I, that's I, the part I, I don't get. <laughs> I, I think it's the whole uh, like I'm gonna call it Nightborn syndrome, where it's like 
well, we were there and we, you know, I play for the Horde and I actually helped kill this. So I feel like I'm not getting any credit for what I did as a player, which I see. But like at the same time, do you want every that. single raid to be that the Horde and Alliance work together, even though that wasn't what happened? Like, I, yeah. I don't really know what other way they would have done it. I gotta be honest. Um, the Nightborn thing in this feel completely different to me. I'm still irritated about the Nightborn thing because I, I actually did do all that stuff. It, it's different than the raid. No, stuff. It, it, it's different. I'm just that's you yeah. know the closest comparison but, I have. But um, in terms of like the old raids and who gets credit for them, honestly, uh, in game you're still gonna get credit for it. It's not gonna affect gameplay at all. So I don't really care. It's it's you know fine. The alliance you know killed. Wasn't it the Alliance killed Nefarian, but the Horde did something else? I, I don't forget. remember or the details. Like I didn't that's, really pay that much attention to it. That's that to me. That's a big sign of how unimportant I think it is as an issue, because you know we kind of pay a lot of attention to game lore, and it sailed right past us. So I feel like if we didn't catch it, it's not that big a deal. Well, here's my here's my thing. Right. Um, keep in mind that I've been playing since somewhere in vanilla mostly on role-playing servers so all of my characters have like character stories and things like that and not a one of them has really been involved with any kind of major raid like they participated in combat some of them did surrounding these major lore moments but none of them were ever directly involved because i don't this is exactly the case that i was trying to avoid (laughs) well this and, and just you don't it doesn't make sense to say, oh, yeah, I was the one that was there and, like, stabbed the Lich King in the foot. That's just <laughs> kind of silly. There's there's lots of other things to talk about when you're role-playing. And most of the role-players that I know, I think the majority of the role-players that I know, they kind of take a similar tactic. Like, if they were there, they mentioned that they were there, but nobody ever takes personal responsibility for killing a raid boss. That just doesn't happen. Um, because there could be, someday, and the nebulous future, a point where that's, like, stricken from the record or whatever what i really appreciated about chronicle was that did it label things by faction yeah but it also provided context like there was a reason so yeah and that was when, when i was reading over your review there was something that like it it made sense in terms of where moira was when the alliance were doing i, I can't remember what exactly it was but there was a, it there did was, sort yeah, of make with, sense who killed what with moira Moira in particular, she got a little bit more love in this volume, which was great because we have like little bits and pieces of her story that have been like scattered through vanilla. And then, you know, in Cataclysm, there was a little bit there. There was a little bit in the short story. There was a little bit in a comic, you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't ever really like drawn together kind of coherently. Um, and it, it it's her story is drawn together much more coherently in Chronicle. And it talks about why she was there, what she was doing, what happened when she left, what she was thinking when she went back to Ironforge, you know, all that kind of stuff. It it, it kind of went over all of that. Well, that's the kind of the same thing that it did with the raid bosses, where it was talking about the raids and like, oh, AQ. We'll say AQ, right? Um, and I don't, like I said, I don't really consider this much in the way of spoiler material because it's not like it's a gigantic point or anything like that. It's just, yeah. oh, this faction did this. So AQ in that whole War of the Shifting Sands Part 2 electric boogaloo that happened in vanilla, the armies of the Horde and the Alliance came together. There was this whole big event where everybody was collecting resources and things like that. And we all know about how this happened like in-game. 
you had raid guilds that were fighting to collect the scepter so that they could ring the gong and open the gates, and it was a big deal, and then it crashed a bunch, bunch of servers. <laughs> but, Is that in Chronicle? The server no, crashing? <laughs> no. That, none of that's in Chronicle. What's in Chronicle is that, you know, the, uh, the Horde and the Alliance decided to put aside their differences and come together to fight in one grand unified army. And then it says that the Horde concentrated their efforts, like, up above... So I'm thinking that like the 20 man version of the AQ raid while the Alliance went down into the temple below and dealt with C'Thun. So it was like split effort. But I mean, it explained why they split up and what they were doing. It wasn't just, oh, yeah, then this guy showed up and the Alliance killed it. Like there's it. It's never delivered without explanation. There's always some kind of explanation. Did. And again, it sounds like you guys didn't really take notice. Uh, was there a point where it seemed like one side had more claimed victories than the other? Because well, I think yeah, that's another point is, that people like, could be... Yeah, but the thing is, is like the book didn't cover every dungeon and every raid. Yeah, yeah. So there were points there where it was like, oh, they gave a lot of these victories to the Horde. But then at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, that's a no-brainer because... Dead Mines is automatically going to be Alliance. We already know that. Stockade's automatically going to be Alliance. We already know that. You know, there are, there are certain places that weren't defined, but it was like, well, yeah, this is inherently obvious just due to the location and what's around there who yeah. went in and cleared it out. You know? I've been playing World of Warcraft for years. I'm used to the Horde getting the lion's share of everything. It's but just how it's just... lion's share, because that's ironic. But yeah, uh, it's it's symbol. not it's not that it was like weighted to one side over the other because none of this really matters in the long run and I don't know why people are attributing any kind of like significance to it. I think that's kind of silly to do because again, they didn't go through it wasn't like they categorically went through every dungeon in the game and every raid in the game boss by boss and said, "Yeah, this faction killed this guy and this faction killed this guy." It was just a vague overview of, "Yeah, this big monstrous threat was threatening the world and the alliance caught wind of it and they decided to send some heroes to check it out and they dealt with the problem while they were there." Like, you know, with a little more context than that, obviously. But it made yeah, sense. Yeah, no, and I I don't have issue with it. I just that was one of the things that I I think I saw stuck out to some people was yeah. well why didn't you know my faction get credit for this even though I you know did the whole quest yeah, chain yeah well, everybody the did thing the whole is, is like a lot of these people a lot of these people that are complaining probably haven't read the book in question all they've read is a list y- yeah and the list doesn't have the context that the book does if you read the book the context is given and it makes perfect sense like every instance makes perfect sense it's like oh okay you guys were looking for mercenaries and they were interested in this area because all right all right i can see that that's fine like none of it was really outlandish or what i would call out of place (laughs) outlandish yeah well Uh, except for the parts that were in outland Uh, anyway um (laughs) Oh, it was a really boy. good book, though. And what I really appreciated beyond that, I mean, if if you move beyond the whole, oh, dear, this faction got credit for this thing or whatever. If you if you move beyond that and just look at the book as a whole, what I thought was really cool is that they very much introduced the idea of player characters into the book. Not so much like directly. They didn't say <laughs> fizzle. <laughs> they didn't say fizzle, or they didn't say restoration Your... druid treasus, or yeah. anything like that. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like that. And but... lo, treasus showed and dealt the final <laughs> blow to Illidan. 
It didn't show any of that, but what it did, well, there was like a little section, and when I read the little section, I kind of went, oh, because it talked about how after the third war fell out and conflict was kind of coming up again, there were like heroes from both factions that kind of rose up and took notice of what was going on and decided to take matters into their own hands and travel the world and try to right what was wrong for their own reasons, whether it was, you know, for honor and glory or, or for for gold or for wealth and riches or for notoriety, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just really beautifully written. And I was like, ah, cool. I'm glad they brought us into it. Like not by name, but they brought us into it. And uh, because we are a part of that story. Once World of Warcraft started, we became a part of that story. So I'm glad that it actually like encompassed us as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm I'm glad it did because that would be something to be minorly upset about if, you know, they just totally glossed over the players. But they didn't. I mean, they could have. They could have just told the story of all of these major NPCs and left us out of it entirely. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> and I really liked that. I thought that was great. Thanks, Blizz. Okay. Well, at this point, um, Anne, uh, it's time for you to talk to the listeners about something. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you enjoy our show, you could consider checking out Munchpack at blizzardwatch.com slash M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. Inside every Munchpack is a selection of snacks from around the world. Basically, you get a little bit of everything. You can kind of go ahead and pick and customize as you wish because Munchpack they offer a variety of pack sizes and delivery schedules and you can like I said you can customize it so that you get only the types of snacks that you'd like to receive with your personal tastes or with your dietary restrictions in mind um, a few items from like sample packs that we've seen include chocolate stroop waffles mango pocky squeeze limoncello chocolate almonds and some delicious spicy crackers from Turkey like they have a little bit of everything from everywhere they also provide gifting options if you want a gift for the holidays or if you've got like somebody with a birthday coming up that kind of thing you can go ahead and check them out at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack that's m-u-n-c-h-p-a-k and help support the show while you're at it okay thank you very much ann um one of the things we should probably talk about really fast is that uh the battle for azeroth alpha is ongoing um one of the things they did like this last week was they put several um damage cooldowns or survival cooldowns on the global cooldown that used to be on the global cooldown years ago. This was back in vanilla and they took them off because one of the things that people don't like is that they can't use an ability because the GCD has locked them out. And it's they, in the, in the development blog about it, one of the things that was pointed out was for survival cooldowns, it doesn't make sense for them to be on the GCD because if then you're afraid to use your abilities for fear that you'll need to use a survival cooldown and won't be able to. Uh, so that's they've left those so far. Those are those are not going back on the GCD. But stuff like to use an example, um, the the warrior DPS cooldown recklessness uh, is going on the GCD, and various other ones are as well. And one of the reasons I noticed for this, I don't know what you guys think. You, you, well, well, you know, you'll have your chance to say what you think about it. But one of the things I noticed was that this is a good way to keep people from just macroing everything. Uh, right now. With, with damaging cooldowns and damaging abilities, one of the things I see a lot of people do, um, again, using like Warriors as an example, is they'll take, um, say, Avatar, the, the, the ability that turns into a big giant guy, they'll chain that to Recklessness. Uh, right now it's uh, not Recklessness, but it's the same basic idea. Uh, Battlecry, I believe it is. And you, you'll have a macro that chains them both to a trinket. So the trinket gets used, and then both of those abilities get used at once. And it's very bursty, 
it, it basically is a huge spike in damage, you know, when you use it. Uh, and I think Blizzard is trying to cool that down. I think they're <laughs> trying to like smooth that out as much as they can. Yeah, that was a joke. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I did not mean to make a pun just then. But what, what do you guys think about it? I mean, I, I don't know. The only class I really play enough to, to feel a strong idea, understanding of how it's going to work is Warriors. And it's going to hurt Fury a lot. But that's probably an adjustment that has to happen. What do you I guys have think? feelings, but I'll let Anne go first. I mean, how if, long if is the global does. cooldown? It's like uh, a one, second 1. And a 1.5 seconds for everybody but rogues. Haste. Rogues, I think it's a second. Okay. Because I'm like, rogues I play it, an assassination yeah. rogue, and none of this really applies to me. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, I think the is. only thing that's being put on, I think Vendetta's being put on the global cooldown, and I'm like, and? Like, it's, it. I mean, Vendetta is, it's a DPS boost. I push it when it's up. I don't really pay attention to, like, the cooldowns or whatever. Maybe I'm more of a button masher than most. I don't know. I When I play my rogue, it's, like, pretty frenetic, and I don't have any, like, lulls or pauses in the button pushing. So I don't... I don't... I'm just not really invested in this, I guess. On on other characters, like on alts and things like that, I could see where it might... All of a sudden, I might notice that things are a little bit different or a little bit wonky, but I haven't played with it much on the alpha. So... I, I can't really speak as to what those changes feel like or how they affect anything, you know? I I get where Blizzard's coming from. They said they it, it allows them to better control the pace of combat. It was one of their arguments. Um, the other, you know, and the main tar- target of these is the offensive burst cooldowns. And they talk a lot about PvP, which and you know automatically rubs a lot of people the wrong way because your PvP is getting in the way of my PvE. But it really PvP. All I do is PvE. No, I am. Well, and and that's the thing, though. People are saying like offensive burst cooldowns in PvE. Like, yeah, maybe they're an issue in PvP, but why nerf? Why put them on the global cooldown if PvP is the problem? I am going um, to point out here, though, um, after looking at the list a little bit more closely, that Outlaw, both Adrenaline Rush and Blade Fury are being put on the global cooldown, and I'm like, ouch. Because okay, when I was playing, when I was playing combat. Those two in conjunction with each other were a very deadly combo. <laughs> well, and and see, my argument here is, yeah, you can control the pace of combat, but like the global cooldown is at most one point five seconds, and I think haste reduces yeah. that. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. You're still using both abilities at the same time. So, is that is putting well, them the, on the, the global, thing is you can't not at the, the exact cooldown. same time. You're using them within a, about a second of each other. Is that really, like, does that really solve the issue Blizzard's trying to solve? Like, is, I I feel like if you can still have both buffs up at the same time, and you're just waiting a second and a half in between using the actual abilities, I feel like that doesn't necessarily solve the issue that Blizzard's trying to, you know, fix with this. I'm kind of unclear on the issue altogether. I think think the better approach would be to make things mutually exclusive. Like, if, if... you know, going back to the Warriors, if using Recklessness and Avatar at the same time is a big deal, or Recklessness and then Battle Cry or whatever, if using two or three abilities at the same time is a big deal, uh, why not just make it so you can only use one at a, like... If you if you made it so that you couldn't Blade Flurry while you were using Adrenaline Rush, there would be riots. It, it, well, and that, <laughs> I mean, it, it would have to be on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. And at this point, I should point out that they made it pretty clear this is still in very early testing. It's now, something they're trying to toy with and that everything is question. not finalized. 
I have a question for you because you have been playing on the alpha, correct? Yes. Fairly substantially. Have you noticed any change in your play style or have you noticed any change in like pacing as your level? I have stuff? noticed it's annoying because um, uh, for Shadow Priest, Surrender to Madness was added, which I, I'm not spec for it right now on alpha, but okay. Power Infusion and Vampiric Embrace were both um, put on that. And it... Again, it's not the end of the world having them in the global cooldown, but I also don't think that Blizzard's taking the right approach to this. Uh, See, I'm going to also say something, though. Um, it's, hard to, it's hard to really test the impact of this change on the alpha because we're not, generally speaking, in gear that allows for the full exploitation of the ability without the GCD. Right. Um, the, right now, we don't have like a good DPS trinket. We don't have... like. I'm I'm going up against stuff that lasts even even with them rebalancing combat so stuff lasts longer. It doesn't last so much longer that I feel the need to pop two cooldowns simultaneously to kill it. You know what the, I mean? The only time this I feel it necessary to do that is like if I'm fighting a rare and even then it's not really necessary. Yeah. Well, and, and... this is a change that I think is much more it's going to have much more of an impact when you are in a raid or a dungeon and you are in a play, like someone hits or PVP. Like, yeah, or PvP because you're trying to burst somebody down, but I'm I'm not qualified on that score. But in terms of its its PVE change, this is not one I'll even notice leveling. Like it will very rarely impact me. But doing Fury, um, I've already did this. Um, doing Fury on the Alpha, uh, it does not being able to hit both Recklessness, which is what it is on the Alpha, which is why I can't call it the new thing. the The current thing in Legion, I can't remember its name because I've only I've only played on the Alpha recently. Um, we're hitting recklessness and avatar at the same time or what have you. It's a lot of damage. Stuff dies pretty fast, but now it doesn't. Recklessness like battle shout? No, it's, it's basically means your next, for for like the next 10 seconds or so, you, you, all your attacks are crits. Okay. So it's, it's a DPS cooldown. It's like, it's, okay. a, it's the original one warriors have always had brought back. Like or they the got rid EL. of it in Legion. Yeah. They, they do do the whole thing yeah. when they do it. Okay. But, yeah, it's see what what I was getting at is uh, power infusion, which yes, it's a DPS cooldown, and vampiric embrace, which is a healing cooldown. Those are both on the GCD, and and I I can sort of see power infusion on it, but it's really throwing me off having vampiric embrace on there because if I'm in trouble, like that is you know it's that's the time that, that's the thing that that's they your said go-to. They Oops, I do. need to do something button. Yeah, and it. Like, I will go to pop it right before I pop Void Eruption, because Void Eruption is going to damage everything around me. It's going to be a substantial amount of damage that's going to be converted to healing. I have died several times already going to hit Vampiric Embrace immediately followed by Void Eruption because Vampiric Embrace activates that global cooldown. And I, I, I'm thrown off for, you know, that... half a second. And it it it's enough to get me killed because I, I actually I don't start casting void eruption when I think I'm going to and it again see to me it, that it sounds like if they decided to. to like stick evasion or vanish on the global cooldown then yeah that would be really annoying it, and that's <laughs> that's honestly that's a great equivalent because because yeah. that's that's your embrace, uh-oh button yeah I, I have dispersion but dispersion is even weaker on alpha than it is on live because it no longer heals um so it, it's just Again, they took that they, away. Those jerks. Dis- dispersion. <laughs> it does damage yeah, reduction. It doesn't they heal. Nerfed though. a lot of stuff. Oh. 
Although yeah. Fury Warriors finally got an actual heel in that they gave us a talent for impending victory. So that that's cool. I yeah, like that change. Warriors should be able to heal more than hybrid classes. Yes, we should. And we're any, a hybrid class. Anyhow, it I think there's a better approach to take. And you know, I know Andy were saying you don't necessarily get what the problem is. A lot of their problem, they said, was in PvP, they don't know, you know, they want it to be more meaningful when you're choosing between an offensive ability and a defensive ability. Um, but also, like, you know, you can sort of... Okay, if Avatar PvP. Gets, I mean, come That's on. the thing, though, and that's what stuck out to me was a lot of the examples that Watcher used in the post were PvP-based. The PvE arguments were largely... We want people to, you know, think more rather than just macroing these two abilities together, which I get, but I think there's a better approach to that than just putting them on the global cooldown. Yeah, but um, I think I think that you know you're right in so far as there's probably a better approach, but I think making abilities exclusive is not it, because that just means you're choosing between which one is better, and especially when a lot of those abilities are talents, you just won't take them. But you won't take you won't take a talent you can't use with another cooldown. Yes, you, you are choosing it. which one is better, but at the same time, if you know if there's an AOE phase of the boss and you want to save your your cooldown, that's going to do AOE debuffs rather than you know it it might debuff the boss, but if yeah, it, but not every class it, has not every class has those decisions to make. Yeah, so I'm not can't. saying that is the only approach. I'm saying that's one of the approaches. The other approach I was thinking is um, you know combine some of these abilities so that you know like combine them or, or rethink the debuffs or buffs or whatever that they provide. I, think, I, honestly, I just think the global cooldown is, I don't think it's the right approach. I think that, you know, I, I personally don't know why they're doing this at all. And cause I don't really feel like it's an actual uh, an improvement. That's my statement. I'll say that up front, but if they're going to do this, you can't have an abilities like vampiric embrace or die by the sword or evasion. Any, any, Oh crap. Evasion button. isn't, that was just me. Yeah. Yeah, but throwing I'm saying, an example you, out there. Yeah, don't I'm get any ideas, Blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you shouldn't have any ability like that on the on the GCD. Yeah, and they even said I, that I they, they they even said they didn't want to have abilities like that on the GCD. So that's doubly confusing to me. You don't want to yeah. have a survival cooldown should never be on the GCD because a survival cooldown. And I get you want to make that a, a decision in PvP, but maybe that needs to be done in a different way. I don't know. Um, yeah, and their argument. The other main argument that it seemed like they were trying to make, which, again, I, I don't know if I see it as much, is they wanted to do, control the pace of combat. Um, I I don't really think a second and a half between abilities necessarily oh, controls the pace of combat. As... You know what that tells us, though, man? If they're talking about controlling the pace of combat, this decision is not the only one we're going to see. Oh. Gonna yeah. And, gonna and he, Watcher was saying, you know, this is... It might feel weird, but we're looking at long-term pace of combat changes. I, I don't know. I don't like the approach they're taking. Um, I think if they're going to do this, there are other ways to do it. Uh, but yeah, to begin with, I agree with you, Rossi. I don't really see the point in the first place. Yeah, Just, it, it, it feels mind. sometimes... They, keep it, sometimes keep they, Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it feels like they... This is the alpha. So sometimes it feels like they're going to experiment with stuff just to see how much we don't like it. Yeah, like yeah, and I'm okay with that because again, alpha test. Uh, I think in this particular case, there certainly is a problem that needs fixing. Not just the pace of combat thing, which I feel like is that that requires more substantial changes than this. But letting people just macro everything that is kind of a problem. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I agree there. I agree that that you know macroing everything is an issue, but I don't think that again. I've said it before. Global cooldown. I don't think it's the right approach to that. Anyway. 
just to wrap this up because we have been talking about this for yeah, a while no, now. It, it, I was yeah. going to say what I was going to say is this is the alpha. Keep in mind, it is still early alpha. These changes may or may not actually make it to live. And right now, what they're doing is they're having people test it out and they're gathering feedback about it. So if you are on the alpha, be sure to like throw feedback in there as far as what's going on with the global cooldown and how you feel about it and how different abilities feel to you. Because I think, well, particularly with that vampiric embrace thing, that's a legit yeah, complaint. That, that has thrown <laughs> me off several, and I, I have shouldn't say complaint. Concern. It's a legit concern, and it's and it's one of yeah. those things where it's like you, maybe you guys don't realize that this is an oops button, but it's an oops button, and maybe it shouldn't be on the whole global cooldown thing, unless or maybe it's one of those things that they want to say, okay, well, it is while you're in PvP mode, but in PvE mode, it's not. You know. I would be totally fine if they want to do some of these changes strictly PvP or if they want to completely change abilities around because PvP. PvE, though, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we should also be talking about some other stuff. So uh, first up, the, I'm pretty sure he's – is he out now or is he just on the PTR? Phoenix? Phoenix um, he came out yesterday. We talked uh, about um, him last week. We, but yeah, We did. Yeah. The, the bigger news with his release – well, I – I guess since we talked about him last week, the bigger news at least, um, is that they've added another PvE brawl, which I think is starting on the 30th. So The, Star- the StarCraft-themed one? It, it's a StarCraft-themed one. It's not the same one we had last time. It's a, a different PvE brawl, but it is a PvE brawl, which is really cool because uh, the last PvP or PvE brawl got really good reception and people wanted more of it. And, you know, as I think we briefly mentioned last week... We're not sure what they're going to do at PAX, and they might do some sort of PvE reveal. So it, even if that's not the case, it's still exciting to have a PvE brawl. And that, uh, that'll be available, I think, March 30th is when they said. So end of so the that's, week. So is that yeah. for the, that's for the anniversary, though, right? Yes. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. I mean, it's StarCraft theme. It's like, oh, things are infested with the Zerg. You got to stop them or something. I don't, I haven't played it. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're actually playing a Zerg character, which case you're, <laughs> you're conflicted. Then feel conflicted. Yeah. All right. Well, also, um, I don't really know how much more there is to talk about the Witchwood expansion. Uh, it's they still coming out. They started dumping a lot of cards. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of card dumping. releases that are coming out, and we are covering all of those. I think. I think like we have a nightly post coming out that has all of the updates on it. So, um, I'm yeah, not. They're doing scattered releases for the yeah. new cards. So it's not like, yeah, it, it it's not like, they Oh, here's all the cards. Yeah. They aren't sitting down it. and listing them all at once. They never do that. They just split it up amongst like different streams yeah. over the course of a few weeks. So or, yeah. Or fan sites. And some of those mm-hmm. are like, you know, Asian fan sites. So the information comes out at like three in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of so we, yes. we are keeping track of that, though, and there's a lot of new cards. All right, um, the last one we can really talk about, um, I, I fully, I'll just admit this, I don't watch TV anymore, so I don't really know anything about this, but I guess Warcraft <sighs> is going to get its second cartoon? Uh, yeah, I think I think my sigh is about... As... <laughs> it's The thing is, is like, okay, so Family Guy, which <laughs> has been out forever and ever, has, they they tweeted a thing that said that they were doing a, a Warcraft reference or something. I don't there was a reference to Warcraft in this family. Warcraft guy is coming to Family Guy this Sunday or something or other. Yeah, but the thing is is like the the promo according to IMDb has nothing to do with Warcraft, so I don't know exactly what's going to go on with it. Um Sunday's I mean, April 1st. 
And it's, it's April 1st and it's Easter. It's so. April 1st and it's Easter. And I don't know if any of that even ties into this either. But if you happen to be, if you're, if you're one of those people that's still watching Family Guy, good for you. Um, there's going to be a Warcraft reference in it this Sunday. I, I mean, I remember like when South Park did the Warcraft episode and that was like what 2006 or something it was yeah, like it was over 10 years, years ago. ago before Burning Crusade was yeah it. yeah so 12 years ago you know when it was yeah. relevant <laughs> and and you know the joke going around has been like ah oh, Family Guy specializes in references that you know are a decade old which is not that's not why the most I was unfair like, criticism I'm kind of like were they just waiting for it to get old enough that they could use it as a, as a nostalgic reference <laughs> I don't know, and the thing is, I I used to enjoy. What's going on here? Like I enjoyed the first couple seasons of Family Guy, and it's just, you know, again, it has fans. I don't want to insult anyone who still watches it, but it's just, I just have a big sigh at this news. Like, what what are they going to do? What's what's going to happen with this? But I will. I'll try to tune in if I remember. Here's my thing. I really liked the show and I say liked in the past tense because I'm not really I don't watch it much anymore if there's an episode on and I have nothing else to do I might watch it for a little while but I'm kind of bored with it and that's just me and that's also just the fact that the show is really old it's the same thing with The Simpsons I don't go out of my way to watch The Simpsons every week but if Simpsons episode pops up on TV yeah I'll watch it I don't care See, <laughs> I, I, I... I have a problem with Family Guy because I'm from Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Here <laughs> so, we go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so for me, watching it was is like, hey, here's a half hour of unfunny references to the place you're from that will make you want to stab yourself. <laughs> How's that? Wait, they named it the, the, no, Tom Sam Quahog after that shellfish you had to eat a lot of when you were a kid. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah. But okay, we did that. News has been covered. That no, we didn't has, talk yeah. about. What? We missed the Overwatch League finals. Oh right. oh, right. You did mention that. <laughs> that I'm was sorry. a big thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you even did pronunciation warm-ups. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, at this point, uh-huh. we might uh-huh. as well let you go. Stage oh, two. Stage two, the Overwatch League wrapped up over the weekend. Um, they had, like, their new scheduling, so they weren't playing Overwatch from, like, sunup till sundown and then some. Uh, <laughs> it, it actually worked out pretty well because the, the final games were, like, on Sunday. And uh, New York Excelsior one stage two which everyone was kind of expecting like they were in the number one spot but here's the cool part right um everybody was expecting that they would be facing off against the london spitfire who won stage one and they're a very good team the uh second to last set of matches before the final matches the spitfire was playing philadelphia fusion who came out of I don't want to say nowhere because they've just been kind of quietly going along all stage. And then these last few rounds that they've been playing, they've been getting better and better and better. So this game that they played against London Spitfire, it went to a fifth game and it came down to the end of that fifth game. And they managed to knock London Spitfire out (laughs) and go to the finals to uh, play against, play against the Excelsior. What was cool about that though, was that, they really gave Excelsior a run for their money. They won the first two matches. Excelsior won the second two. So they went again to another game five. And it all came down to like the last 10 seconds or so of gameplay. It was really good. It was Every, really, Everybody really was good. talking about this. And, you know, we mentioned during the pre-show, I haven't watched a lot of the Overwatch League matches, but 
this is one of those things where if you were on social media at all, you probably saw someone freaking out about the Absolutely. Because, yeah. It was it was really, really I mean, just that last day's worth of matches, all of those matches were totally worth watching. Um and I was I was I was thinking that Philadelphia was actually going to take it all right up until, like I said, the last 10 seconds or so of that last match. Like (laughs) it was like, okay, all right. All right. Excelsior is going to take it. I fully expect that the fusion is going to come back though in stage three and give everyone a run for their money because they've just been, they've been playing really, really well. Uh, The other thing that, everybody was kind of talking about a little bit here and there is that uh, Shanghai Dragons, they've got a bunch of new players coming in. They also have a new coach coming in. One of those players is Giguri, who she is a phenomenal tank. Everybody has been waiting and waiting and waiting for her to show up. She showed up. She actually showed up in the U.S. the day of the finals and or not the day of the finals, the day of the Dragons last match. And (laughs) <laughs> it was really telling because uh, they said that she was in the building and then they showed her on the monitors and the audience completely flipped out. Everybody was like, oh, my God, she's going to play. And then Zoe had to she she piped up and she said, no, she's not going to be playing tonight. And the audience just went dead. It was it, like it, it, it's worth you just deflated the, clip the room there because <laughs> it it is one of those like sitcom cartoon moments where like it just it goes from uproar to like almost crickets everybody really wants to see her play but the thing is is like she had only been in the u.s for about 12 hours and she was still dealing with jet lag so putting her up on stage and making her play overwatch after all of that yeah not such a good idea so we will see her in stage three along with the other new players that that the shanghai dragons have picked up and I don't, I'm hoping that we see them win some matches. I'm going to be really excited. Yeah. <laughs> Either which way, we get to see Gary play on the pro stage, yeah. and I'm really happy about that because she's she's a phenomenal player. I don't know if you watch any of her streams or whatnot. Have you? I I haven't, but uh, again, I I know the name because everybody you know freaks out about wow this the amazing way, tank. The way that she plays is crazy. She has her mouse sensitivity turned up so high that she doesn't even have to move the thing so if you watch her while she's streaming and playing you'll see that her mouse hand barely moves like barely moves she, she's got like this hair trigger going on there and it allows her to pull off some really great saves and some really great moves I'm I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing her play like I said on the pro stage okay. yeah uh, it'll be exciting I, I'll, I'll tune in for that one for sure because her uh Premiere or uh, I don't I'm not sure if that's the right word. I'm debut. For, debut. Thank you. Is uh, it's been very highly anticipated. Yes, but I'm also like I said, I'm I'm really happy with the other new players that that the dragons have brought up too. It's just Gary. I've been waiting for her to show up. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, me and a lot of other people. Because... <laughs> yeah. All right, and okay, that's it then. for that. Sorry, Rossi. No, that's fine. Uh, I think we have time for at least one or two emails. So. If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. Um, if you can keep them like reasonably short so they can be read on the air, that's really helpful. So Sometimes we get emails that are a bit long, and then we talk a lot before they even get to the email, so it's kind of hard for us to do really what? long ones. Uh, we talk a lot. And if you don't mind reading them for us. Yep, our first email is from Andy, who's a paladin on Stormrage, who says, What are your thoughts on Battle for Azeroth being a prelude to a bigger story, a la Warlords of Draenor, separate separate expansions? Um, 
I think that's pretty much what I've been suggesting, like, since they announced it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, um, I don't Yes and no. I definitely think it, it kind of it feels like the start of a new chapter because, you know, we're going back to we don't have necessarily at least advertised this big threat, you know, like we had with Warlords was like Garrosh and the Iron Horde, um, Miss Pandaria. And Legion Garrosh. is obviously Legion is um, obviously the Legion. <laughs> big green yeah, thing and, in the sky. And, and part of me thinks, yes, it's definitely opening uh, up for more story. The other part of me is thinking... Legion laid a lot of groundwork, um, and maybe not necessarily Battle for Azeroth, like the events in uh, 8.0. Not necessarily those are opening up for like 9.0, 10.0 story, but more that 8.0 is going to be a misdirect um, once we get to 8.1 or maybe 8.2 or 8.3. Uh, and a lot of people are thinking we're going to shift towards like an old god-ish, void-ish expansion, which maybe we do, maybe we don't. I definitely think there's more going on for Battle for Azeroth than just Alliance versus Horde, though. I, Calling, I, I'm going to call something right now. Okay. Uh, Kazan is going to be our broken shore, and there will be another one after it. There will be other places we go to that, you know, there will be an Argus-type place that is more than one zone that, that we go to. There, Do you think Kazan. it'll be on Azeroth, though? Yeah, I think Kazan will definitely be one of them. We're uh, going to go to Neolatha. Yeah, oh, I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did something like Gordonia Latha, or, for that matter, one of the things I've been thinking about is they're setting up stuff. Uh, there's stuff in in the in the alpha right now that I don't necessarily want to spoil, but I I wrote a KYL about it this week, and uh, one of the things I'm noticing is that they're bringing back plot elements from Cataclysm, specifically from the opening of the Goblin story. Yeah, those come okay. back. Those come back in this this expansion. So I think we're going to see certain elements from Cataclysm get a revisit. Uh, uh, sorry to ask real quick. What side have you been playing on that you've seen that? Is it both sides or is it one side? Or, uh, or side. Okay. side. I, well, I mean, when keep in mind that when I say we're going to go to Neolatha, I don't mean that it's been said anywhere that we're going to go to Neolatha. That, that's just prediction on my part. I just I feel like we're gonna go there and it's gonna be. Real <laughs> Anne cool. told me we were going to Nyalotha. We're, we're gonna go we there? there. It's gonna be real cool. We'll bring tents. There will be a lot of camping in dark tentacles, tentacle infested areas. It'll be great. No, um, I don't know what we're going to be doing exactly, but I mean, I I figured at the onset that Battle for Azeroth when I when I mentioned like before the expansion was even an expansion when we were just talking about hey what could this expansion announcement be I think I said something along the lines of I feel like this is going to be kind of an interim expansion because we had Miss of Pandaria that gave us a ton of story and had like this really explosive impactful ending to it I mean you have an expansion or you have a faction turning on itself that's a big deal and then we went to Warlords of Draenor where we went and dealt with something else for a little while and it felt like kind of an interim like a bridge because legion came back and it was like that big huge story so i was thinking well you know just based on prog progressional patterns we were due for another like bridge kind of expansion yeah. but um when they announced battle for azeroth the more i looked at it the more i was like okay no what they gave us at BlizzCon was just basically like the bare minimum that they needed to give us at, for the onset of this expansion. And what we're doing at the beginning of this expansion is going to have nothing to do with what we're doing at the end. I feel like and they're going to pull something on I, us. I, 
I want to be clear. I don't necessarily think that it's going to be another case of Horde and Alliance are like, oh no, we got to work together now. I I think that there's definitely a bigger threat looming, and the Horde and Alliance going at each other's throats is a perfect way to you know pave the way. I feel for like there's going to be re- repercussions for us doing that. Exactly, but I don't necessarily think, and I I almost don't hope because it's happened a lot now. I don't want uh, Horde and Alliance to team up by the end of this. Like, I'm okay if if we go to war during the expansion, we have to deal with it, and then we're still too you know stubborn or whatever. I I mostly because the whole the Horde and Alliance are coming together for a bigger threat thing feels pretty played out. I'm just going to say I'm very tired of the faction conflict, and I know that they say that it's like the backbone of the game or whatever, but I kind of wish it'd go away. I don't mind the faction I conflict. I think it breeds a lot of animosity within the fan base, and I don't think that that's really... I, I don't like it. I don't like what it's been doing to people. Because I've noticed people that, you know, are, are usually pretty reasonable cool people that I enjoy talking to or enjoy reading their stuff or you know that kind of just interacting with on a daily basis that get downright like foaming at the mouth rabbit about this stuff and it's not worth it <laughs> like See, it's a video me, game we don't need to get like really we don't need to get that passionate about things that we're like attacking each other I think that that like outside of the game attack each other inside the game all you want you know talk smack about each other that's fine but when you start carrying it outside of the game is when i start to get concerned because i'm like we don't really need to be treating each other like this because it's all world of warcraft like we all enjoy the world of warcraft thing it's just some of us enjoy one aspect of it over the other you know i i totally agree with that um and this could definitely be its own topic but Real quick, I, I don't necessarily think that's on Blizzard to change the story because of how players are reacting outside the game. No, but the thing is, is like they are encouraging a lot of this, like, yes, yeah, yes, everybody go at each other's throats. Yeah, go ahead. And, eat. and I'm like, why are you guys, why are you guys trying to make everybody fight with each other? To deal with the comments. Like, why are you guys <laughs> trying to make everybody fight with each other? I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, but the thing is, is there are always people who take it too far. And I don't know if they realize that they are taking it too far. I'm all for a little bit of, you know, healthy faction bickering or whatever, what have you. I mean, you know me. I follow the. absolutely wrong in his opinion of the Alliance and the Horde's the best. (laughs) And I judge him as a person for that. I just, that's how it works. For me, for me as a player and also as somebody that follows the story, I mean, I follow both sides. And there are things I love about both factions' stories. And there are things that I love about how those faction stories work together. But there's also, you know, when I step back from it and I look at it just clear, just, just from a community standpoint, when I love the community the most is when they all kind of unite and get things done. And it's just like, it's fun. There's something fun about having that camaraderie. And when something gets to the point where that camaraderie suddenly turns into just being downright antagonistic with each other that's when i kind of take a step back and go whoa whoa hold on guys remember like video game we all like the video game let's let's you know so i don't i mean i understand that the faction conflict is part of the story and everything but i sort of wish that they would put it to bed i do because i would also really like it if you know i could play with my alliance friends on my horde characters or whatever i would like it if we could all just like band together and go raid whatever we wanted you know Make yeah, cross faction guilds. I see Go for it. For both sides. Um, Let everybody play with each other. <laughs> oh my! I don't know. Um, yeah, and maybe that's just me. 
I, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's just me. I, I just, I, I am of the opinion that I like that banter better when it's very obvious that it's lighthearted and there's not a lot of like meanness, mean spiritedness behind it. And it feels like, especially as this expansion, you know, more information comes out about it, a lot of people are getting really mean spirited. And I, I just, I don't care for it. I don't know. Y'all need to calm the heck down. Yeah. No, I see. Here's the thing. And I, I don't know how much I want to talk about this, but. We are near the end of the show, too. So. Yeah. Um, just a lot of the stuff they're doing. I keep coming back to this. A lot of the stuff they're doing is really cool. Like a lot of the Battle for Azeroth. The zones are really great. I mean, I've, I've gotten to play three out of the, the four. The dinosaurs are really rad. Yeah. The whole yes. thing, there's a lot of really great stuff here. I think that the Zandalari troll forms are great. I'm interested in what they're doing with allied races, but I am never going to be down for the burning of Tildrassel. Straight up. This is a story beat that I dislike intensely. It hurts. And when people joke about it or do the whole thing where, oh, we burned down your tree, I do get angry. Okay. Well, it is actually hope, emotional. Yeah. I'm not going to share it. It, it's, it is, as a player who's been playing this game for... Fourteen years, and let's just take a moment for that. Um, it is not something I. Enjoy. I have a lot of memories of Teldrassil. I have like going from uh, that starting zone to because uh, I had to run a, a level one human character to that tree so I could play with my wife, so, and she the made me first, do this. The first yeah. steps I ever took in Azeroth were in Teldrassil. Yeah, so I, I'm not like I understand it's a game. I'm not. I don't want to get into arguments with people. I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to do, uh, but this does, and I know that they're to a degree. This is what they're going for. They they wanted to do something that has an emotional impact. I don't know anybody who feels like, oh boohoo, we're losing Undercity. Like I haven't heard one person oh, say that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't said anything. Look, I don't hang out in Undercity. <laughs> yeah, like I I, I don't know any things. horde players. I don't know any horde players who particularly like it. Okay, well I love Undercity. Yeah. So. Okay, well there you go. Um, but a lot of players are like upset about losing Teldrassil and I get why and I I, I don't I don't feel like to that me, should destroy the, I don't feel like that should destroy the entire expansion but I do I do want it to mean something in the end right I want that that's why I, I don't want it to just be the prelude to a bigger story or a fake out because uh, I want if, if it needs to be woven in why this happened like if it turns out that the old gods are doing stuff fine but that needs to be involved in what happened in some way. I am like they they fomented it or they they caused it or something. I am really looking forward to um, before the storm because I have a feeling yeah, that a lot of this stuff is going to get explained. Also, Christy Golden is pretty notorious at ripping people's hearts out and stomping on them and making you cry. My kind of storyteller. And I do, yeah. Uh, I mean, I do. I love her books a lot, so I'm really looking forward to this one because I feel like a lot of this stuff is going to get explained a little more thoroughly, and maybe there will be more of a setup to it. Um, I, you know, when Cataclysm came out, do you guys remember the last days of <laughs> oh God. Vanilla WoW? Not necessarily Vanilla WoW, but Vanilla WoW Zones. Do you remember the last, like, the last few hours? Yeah. Where everybody logged on and they went to go say goodbye to Karen Bloodhoof and, and like, they went to go look at all the crazy areas that they weren't going to get to look at anymore. Um, yep. And get those last moments. And then Cataclysm came out and I... <sighs> A lot of stuff in Cataclysm was stuff that I was kind of... It wasn't 
it wasn't like unhappy to the point where it was like I don't want to play anymore but it was unhappy to the point of oh you guys are just you know breaking my heart here because I the first time I went to um Ashenvale. No, post cataclysm, not Ashenvale, Darkshore. Oh, oh yeah, Darkshore. They really yeah, with a big tornado in it, and it wasn't just a and tornado, all the dead though. people on the beach. Yeah. yeah, it was all those NPCs that I had spent however many years leveling and doing their quests and talking to them, and not I got even really, really like you don't pay attention to these things until they're not there anymore, and then you're like, oh no. Do you do that quest where you have to find the de- the guys? body and his bear is there yes. and you, yes. yeah because i did that original quest to get Ugh. him and that bear together yes so i felt really bad when i found the bear and it was like eventually the bear ends up hooking up with another person who's so going to take care of it it's you on know. a level it's on that kind of level of oh like getcha right except I gotta, that it's mm. beyond that though because what we're looking at here is we are looking at capital cities that are going away like established capital cities that are suddenly gone um, yeah, and I don't know if I'm gonna say this much, and then we probably should move on if, because it's already like past the end point. But for me, the, the the real issue here is that if I couldn't retire my character and start a new one, I would stop playing. Like I don't want to play a night elf anymore after this. They have they've ended night elves for me. I won't be able to play them, and that's a pretty big deal. That's why I need this to like have some good payoff. Well, the good I don't wanna, news I don't is there's so many thing. allied races to play. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to a degree that is. You want more true. elves, is what you're saying. No, I don't. I, I actually was thinking about that in terms of vanilla. We can go back to the days when there's one elf. If you're on a vanilla server, be like, there's just one elf. Like people won't even believe you. What? But there's like five elves in the game. No, no, just one. So yeah. Well, anyway, um, hey Andy Paladin, that was a lot of thoughts on Battle for Azeroth. Yeah, maybe not as many as you bargained for or wanted, but you got them anyway. However, um, I think we're just going to have to hold the rest of these emails until next week, which is fine. Um, There was a lot of news to cover this week. Uh, Again, if you enjoy our show, consider checking out Munchpack. You can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. That's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. Get a selection of snacks from around the world. Get them customized to your personal tastes, your dietary restrictions. It's all good. And by doing so, you also help support the show. As for the show, Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. So if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be here next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.